0: Today on the Multiply podcast, we're talking to Andy Estrella about developing leaders. Check it out. Hey everybody, welcome back or welcome to the Multiply
1: podcast. My name is Jared and my name is David. Oh, fall is upon us. Yep, what's the most fall like activity you and your family have done so far? It's watch, trickier, trickier, watch watch football show. by myself. You, you <laughs> and your family. Oh, wow. Well. Does, does does your wife not watch football at all? She's not a no. football fan. She likes the,
0: she likes like the first Patriots game of the year because yeah. I'm a Patriots fan to make something special and to like make it a big deal. But it's the she, event, it's the event. So but the Super she won't Bowl. watch it.
1: Super Bowl she's in on.
0: Yeah, but she likes the commercials more than the uh, game. Yeah, you know. So she's
1: yeah, she's not a football fan.
0: She told me she was when we were dating, but I think it was just to just to get me.
1: We have an apple tree in our front yard, and picking apples is probably the most fall thing we've done so far. Um, on our last podcast, I think I mentioned that my youngest daughter was going in for surgery, and she's uh, almost out of the hospital now. Surgery was a great success, and the therapy is going really well, and so we're thankful for that. But that's just changed our fall, our normal fall. We would, And, of course, COVID has changed our fall as well. But some of the things we would normally do in the fall, we just haven't been able to. But we, do, we did get to have the uh, apple picking experience, even if it was in our own front yard. And you got a big bag of them, didn't you?
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you actually almost gave us too many of them. But what I did do with those apples, you'd be proud of me, I made homemade apple fritters. I didn't get to try any of them. Well, they need to be they need to be tasted hot, you know, so... Well,
1: I live two minutes from you, Jerry. I know,
0: but it was late at night. I didn't want to bother you. We you were know.
1: playing Fortnite when you were making them.
0: <laughs> so thank you for those apples. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. They were great. But yeah. yeah,
1: I love fall. Again, my favorite season of the year, and uh, I hope it lasts for two more months. <laughs> Let's make it three if we're going to wish for anything. Amen.
0: Well, we're excited about today. We've got a special uh, guest on, a good friend of both of ours, um, he was my friend way longer than yours, but some would say which that which makes
1: it more amazing which makes it even more amazing how my friendship with him is so much deeper. Well, that's
0: some would say that he's you know, you've kind of stolen his heart away. Yeah. That's what I've
1: heard, but well, yeah. we do we do have a lot of similarities if you look at us. Yeah, physically, yeah. Physically, yeah. Yeah, you guys and look like twins. Yes, kind of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're really excited. He's a great friend of ours and and um and uh, a great leader and just a uh, a guy who um, has spent a, ton, a lot of time in leadership positions a lot of time and um, as a, a speaker and a communicator and his name is Andy Estrella. Andy serves as the Chi Alpha director for Missouri State in Springfield, Missouri. Um, he also is the regional director for Chi Alpha um, help serving and overseeing a whole bunch of Chi Alpha's in his area and his region and um, he speaks all over the country at a lot of youth events a lot of uh, college events and um, I've known him for years you've known him for years now and uh, He's just a great friend of ours. He loves food and he loves leadership, which means he's meant for the multiply podcast. Preach. Andy, welcome to the podcast.
2: Yeah. What's up? What's up? Yo, one. Y'all, like, I just want to say I appreciate both of you guys' friendship. And um well, don't try to try that. time doesn't matter. Time doesn't matter. Amen. All right. I yeah. love you. I love you guys both.
0: Real politician you guys both,
2: over here. are uh, Near and dear to my heart. <laughs> and uh yeah, vote for me in the future. <laughs>
1: We probably should start by having you tell us a little bit about what Chi Alpha is, but also, um, boy, when you when you jumped in with your accent, I don't think uh, people here in Missouri State, they probably weren't expecting that. So tell us a little bit about where you grew up, and also tell us a little bit about what Chi Alpha is, the ministry that you're involved in.
2: Yes, uh, I grew up in uh, Long Island, New York, Strong Island. Strong Island. What's up? And uh, Copaig in the house, what's up? And uh, yeah, so I grew up there, and... Uh, moved to Missouri and uh, to go to Bible college and the plan was to go back to New York but God had different plans and uh, stayed there and then uh, got involved with Chi Alpha and been doing it now 13 years and Chi Alpha sounds like a fraternity sorority uh, but it's actually a campus ministry it's, we focus on secular universities creating uh, Christian community in those universities so uh, reaching out to the university being a part of the community there um, developing disciples and creating leaders and really making that our focus so we love it it's awesome love it love it so
0: yeah now Andy's you're married you have got three uh three yes. three little ladies at home
2: yes so Yes. I'm married to my wife, Candace. She's from Arkansas. I'm from New York. Wow. God 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 really does
0: miracles.
2: (laughs) Yeah. God not only has called me to campus ministry, but he's also called me to be a dean of women. I have three girls (laughs) in my house and, um, and that's it. You know, as far as we know, it's a wrap. So I'll be, I'll be, dean of women all my life well david <laughs> and, and
0: i david and i are praying that that's not the end for you we believe god has mu- yeah. <laughs> more more uh, little nah,
2: multiple nah, we good. Let's just
1: speak life speak life, life. After
2: life. <laughs> yeah I'm
1: a, I'm okay a, i'm a dean woman too so i know what's going on
2: yes yes so i have uh three girls eliana lila and lena and uh lots of hugs and kisses yeah, that's yes. all that's Things are going down, hugs and kisses. Wow. It's a tough day, hugs and kisses. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good.
0: What. Later on in life you'll be having to get a gun and <laughs> spend all your savings on weddings. So
2: Yo bro. <laughs> Listen, when we had when we had when we found out the third one was uh was a girl, I literally Googled how much those a wedding costs, so I can <laughs> start calculating <There> you <laughs> go. What, what I need to save up for. Not a lie.
1: You need to Google how much will a wedding cost in 25 years. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs>
2: yeah, man.
0: exactly. Well, we're really happy to have you on, man, because um, one of the things that, that Kyle is known for, and then you specifically have done so well in your years as the Kyle director, is your ability to develop leaders. And I know that's a big part of your heart is – you're a guy who wants to do ministry with a team. You're a guy who wants to raise up and develop people around you. You're not someone who um, is looking for the limelight or wants to be the guy. Um, but I, I I would almost say, in my experience of, of seeing your leadership, that you're more excited about seeing those who serve with you or around you being elevated than you are ever about yourself being elevated. And so we're really excited about having you come on and talk to us a little bit about what it looks like to to develop leaders. And so I'm interested to hear from you when you think about that concept of developing leaders, what do you think about what comes to your mind? Um, what excites you about that?
2: Yeah. Like to me, it's, it's the future. Like there's, there's no way that this plan of God, right. Can work without us making disciples and making leaders like it, it will not work. It would, it will fade out without that. So um, uh, that's the part, the urgency that is created in me from that. I always say like Jesus believed in discipleship and in the leaders that he developed so much that he left.
0: Hmm.
2: And um, within if like um, when you work with international students, it kind of challenges you on why you think the way you think it, it it makes you come up with different angles. And I remember one time I was sharing the gospel message with some international students and they paused. There was a part of it where I, 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 I lost them. And so I was like, you guys have any questions? They come back and they're like, Hey, if, if Jesus was, you know, the greatest speaker and he was, you know, the most humble man to, to walk this earth and, you know, shared, he's like, then why did he leave? Shouldn't he stay? You know what I mean? And I feel like for us as in the church culture, I feel like we have more of a plan to stay than to leave. If kind of you get what I mean with that, Mm -hmm. the reason, so I had to rethink that, like, you know, of course I gave him like, you know, the Holy spirit came and empowered people, but it really sent me on a path of how important that plan was. And, you know, the reason why, why? One of the reasons why Jesus left is because empowerment and raising people up is a strategic part of his plan. Um, it is the greatest plan that we can unfold. And for us to partake in that, to develop leaders, to raise up leaders, that should be a deep, strong part of our ministry plan.
1: Andy, when you're... Thinking about leadership development, obviously it starts by identifying people to invest yourself into. And while everybody may have some level of capacity for leadership, certainly at least for self-leadership, I think there are people that have a gift of leadership um, and uh, who really you can look at them and say this person has the real opportunity to influence in a, in a really significant way. What are you looking for? You know, in your experience of raising up leaders, and you're mostly working with uh, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-year-old, twenty-one-year-olds. Yes. Like w- when you when you see someone, what are some of the three to five characteristics you've seen somebody, and you go, "All right, this is a person that, if God gets a hold of their life, and if we can refine some things in their life by God's grace, this person has yeah. tremendous leadership capacity."
2: Yeah, you know, you know, I feel like, of course, the foundational things of You know good character you know Mm -hmm. have a heart to pursue the lord and those things i think are set for any believer um and then um you know kai alpha has some kind of core things that we're looking for faithful available and teachable um which if you have had anybody from kai alpha you, you know they will share those things but i would say the two main things of developing a leader that you know when i start looking at high producing or not high producing, but people who can maybe pioneer people who can, um, you know, plant a Chi alpha or, um, can lead others. There's two things that I have to see in them at that level of leadership. And that's, uh, they need to be a problem solver Mm. and they need to be a gatherer. Um, they need to get people together and they need to solve a problem. And, um, as far as like, the type of leader that you're looking for that I see, okay, this person has the potential of planting a Chi Alpha going to another campus where there isn't a a campus ministry and developing one at that level. I need to see them have the ability to gather, get a team together and problem solve. And that naturally needs to uh, flow out of them or they need to grow.
0: Let's break those two things down. Those are interesting. What about, let's take problem solver first why problem solver what about that is is so important for you in uh, developing a leader
2: yeah and again like these aren't you know be besides the foundational things of having good character and center cetera. well as leaders you know we're constantly solving you know we're finding solutions i would say to problems or to things that we're diving into so You know for instance like you know everyone's church that they are a part of started with one leader solving a problem there's not a presence in this community so let's get people together and create uh, a presence in this community uh, a bible jesus believing presence and how can we do that and they they dove into that problem and they gathered people and resources to solve that. And so at its, at its core, as leaders, every day we're seeing issues, problems, or things to solve or things to make better in our community, within our church, and within people's lives. And we are figuring out ways to do that. It, it flows daily in our lives.
0: Yeah, I think I heard um Bill Hybels one time he gave a talk and he and he said one of the most powerful words you can say to the people that you're developing or raising up is figure it out. You know. And he just talked mm-hmm. about how, how quickly we, we lean in to solve problems for people, but we never teach them how to solve their own problems and um so I, I, I think yeah, I like that. I think that's really important. I'm interested about the gathering piece. Um is that just a hey, you got to be relational, you got to be able to um, understand how to how to work with people and build build relationships with people or is there something more to that?
2: Yeah, and um, yeah, the gathering piece and, it, and again, I feel like there are good leaders that can be a part of a team that don't have these two things that are strong. But when I'm identifying you know the lead person, the director, a future planter, um, I would say the gathering piece is um, you know, Jesus had an ability to gather leaders. You know, um, with Peter, you know, and in Andrew, with Matthew. Um, I think every leader, especially um, the person who's like the main leader or is leading the other leaders, they need to have an ability to bring people on board to the vision that the Lord's put on their heart. Um, and that, you know, when you come to the, uh, the concept of multiplication, multiplying, um, you need to have the ability to get people on board towards the things that God has put on your heart or the, the vision of that church, that mission organization, that, you know, community project to say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going, and I see you being a crucial part of this. Will you partner up with me? Will you be a part of this? Will you help me lead this? Um, like they they got to be somebody. This
0: they got to be somebody who people actually want to follow, right? Exactly. And you can you can recognize that as you're as you're working and and leading yeah. others. Yeah.
2: Andy, and, you know, oh, go ahead. I, go ahead. And a lot of times, in I think one of the things that we need to understand is that a lot of times we, we put personalities, things like, you know, a gatherer, we put charismatic, we, we, you know, we, we fill in these things, although maybe commonly that could happen, but, you know, um, there, there are some great gatherers that maybe aren't huge extroverts. um, And there are some great gatherers out there that um, are, you know, I would say even, you know, if we look at in, in, you know, in the business world, you know, I mean, I wouldn't see, uh, you know, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg as a charismatic and he's I think he's an introvert. How dare and, you. Uh, but yet he can gather a team, obviously, and he can solve problems. So I think one of the things we have to be careful and I, you know, I think sometimes. God uses somebody that isn't like us, but has those skills to accomplish those things.
1: Yeah, I, I love that you said that because, I mean, I we know you, Andy, you're extrovert, you're charismatic, you're all the, you know, sort of, in many ways, you check the boxes off of a traditional gatherer, um, but obviously you've, it sounds like you've learned to identify that different personalities and different styles can gather. Sometimes it's gathering around really around personality and around an individual, the likability and sort of just the influence of an individual. But some people don't have that, but they know how to cast vision in a way um, that gathers people around uh, a desired future. And, and then, of course, bringing that all together is the sweet spot. So um, one of the things that I've come to notice and appreciate about Kai Alpha is the way in which you guys really... everything's life on life, right? It's not cl- just classroom. It's not just services. You guys... Uh, really do everything you can to share life together for the purpose of discipleship and leadership development. And I wondered if you could speak a little bit to the importance of access when it comes to developing leaders. A lot of people want to develop leaders, but leaders of churches and organizations and companies and people who are listening in, um, they might say they want to develop leaders, but they're unwilling to make uh, the sacrifices or the tweaks in their own leadership and in their own schedule to give up-and-coming leaders sort of um, significant access to their own lives. So in your experience, why is it so important? What have you learned about the need for the leaders you're developing to have access to you in different seasons of your life, seeing you struggle, seeing you win, seeing you make decisions, seeing you even with your family? Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I, I try to be as vulnerable and open as I possibly can. Uh, and life on life, you know, you know, a lot of times, like, I, over the years, I, you know, I've learned, like, to, to, even do it even more exactly how Jesus did it, and that, and a lot of times, like, we come across resources, which are great, but, but Jesus, the, the one component of Jesus developing, his, twelve disciples, you know, what I mean, eventually eleven was that they followed him. And and if you look at it, there's offers that he made, like uh, the rich man, where he asked him, he's like, sell everything you have and come follow me. Um, And I, I like to call that, that passage actually the 13th disciple, because he was offering him to be a disciple, but he refused to want to sell everything you have and he refused to follow Jesus. So that component of somebody being close to you is an important component because we see it with the 12 disciples um so life on life is huge i always say i don't want to replicate it we can't replicate what we don't have so i can't ask our small group leaders to love somebody to care for them to be there for them to fight for them if i can't do it in my life Mm -hmm. so we want that reflected in our staff we want that reflected in our team so it can be reflected in the students. So, I it is it is very difficult to develop somebody that you have no life on life connection with. You know what I mean? And we say these terms like it's not religion, it's relationship. But a lot of times we're hoping that we offer religion to to developing leaders that that they'll develop from that. But the reality is. Jesus used relationship to develop his leaders more than anything.
0: So I've got a question for you, Andy, because you're obviously in a unique um, a unique world of Chi Alpha, which is college ministry, working with young people who have um, a really wanting community, have, um, have opportunities for that probably more than any other time in their life. But you're also spent a lot of time and in involvement with a local church. And so... I'm interested if there's leaders who are listening to this or pastors who are listening to this and thinking, okay, well, I don't have time to, um, you know, hang out on a college campus all day or have coffee all day, but what does that look like for me? Like, what does it look like in the everyday world with working adults? How do I, what level of access to my life do I give? And how do I decide who gets access? You know, maybe I'm at a church of 200 people. Who, Who gets that level of access in my life? So, When you're thinking through some of those things, and I know you have, um, what what comes to your mind?
2: Yeah. And even before I answer that, I I want to share one moment of of vulnerability within the Gospels. I think it's very powerful. Um, You know, when Jesus went before he was crucified, he went to the garden and he wept. And, you know, the disciples were sleeping. He kept waking them up but they got to document right because obviously is in the scripture this moment where jesus weeped before god and he said lord if this cup can be passed like let it be but he's like but not not my will be done but your will be done this total submission to the father and i always wonder why why did jesus allow this moment to be documented like you know wouldn't it be better like most times we will let that moment like we will have that moment in our closet and then we'll walk out this refined leader in front of the people we're discipling like hey guys like all right this is what we're gonna do man i've been praying and the lord spoke to me let's do it you know what i mean but a lot of times i think for us to scoop people in and be like guys man i am struggling to submit to this but I am going to be obedient to God. And I believe that he will honor that. And a lot of times we don't use like even Jesus in his perfection was still 100% vulnerable. And I think a lot of times we shelter developing leaders from those moments, but when they go through it, it rocks their world because somehow all they saw was the refined product or the refined self. He they didn't see the struggle that we went through as leaders, and I think a lot of times, like Jesus did, we need to open up other people to that struggle, especially you know the ones that are faithful, available, and teachable, and you feel can be the future of your ministry, or future developers other places. So, um, and then back to your other question. I actually forgot the question. Ask it again. I'm sorry.
0: No, just um, if you step into the church world and um how, uh, what what um advice would you have for a lead pastor or maybe a leader of an organization who is not doing college ministry but they really want to um uh, make their life accessible and invest in leaders like um what advice would you give them and also how do they decide who gets that access and who doesn't
2: Yeah hands down you know faithful available teachable you know if somebody's available to you if somebody you have seen that is teachable they're hungry uh, to learn those things are easy identifiers to to know If somebody's not around if somebody doesn't really listen they don't really value what you're giving them of course you don't like uh i don't when you give them access to life they won't appreciate it they won't uh they won't cherish those moments but i i would say i you know me and my wife candace my wife candace loves to host and uh, even over the years we've learned how to host even better And we we say uh, we always say we want more ministry to happen in our living room than on stage
0: Mm.
2: Uh, and really giving them that access. And then a lot of times I'll pull in like my team and I'll be like, hey, guys. I'm making this decision and this is the struggle I'm having with this decision, like and I'll, I'll share like my my mental thoughts of where where I'm going cuz i think a lot of times we for young leaders we paint this image that the right decision is an easy decision to land on that it becomes very clear that that's the only decision and we we kind of paint this picture for them that is is not actually like a lot of decisions we make are extremely difficult and a lot of them it's not we're not picking Rather, it's, you know, like it's not black or white and it's not like, you know, you know, hey, we're going to, you know, do we get the money? Don't we don't get the money or I mean, do we help this person or not help this person? A lot of them are like, man, do we have the resources? I don't know if we have the time. Our team is burnt out for us to add this on would Would it set our team? out of path. Is this lined up with our vision? Hey, we have a lot of relational tides with this. How you know, how can we navigate through a lot more difficult? And for us to open people up to that, and express those things, a lot of that is to give them access to our life. Um, The only way we can do that is to let them in the office in those very difficult meetings. Hmm. Uh, Or to let them in your home after you come home from work like literally like hey i'm going like there's sometimes i leave the office and interns follow me home and walk home in with me and they see me hug my kids they see me now have to continue with my energy the same energy i had
0: what about your wife you you don't hug your wife
2: yeah i I hug my wife also (laughs) i hug my wife candace if you're listening to
0: this you heard it here you heard it here (laughs)
2: Mm -hmm. so you know they need to see that part and i think a lot of times like because if they don't see that part of your life then they will create whatever either fantasy or or uh miscalculation that they will on that and that part of it especially like in christian leadership like our performance is only built on the foundation of our own lives. Like I, I can't just, if I'm, if I'm a good speaker, but yet if not representing in my life, as a Christian leader, I'm automatically disqualified. So a lot of times we teach people the talent that they need to, to succeed, but we never replicate or expose them to the life that they need hmm. for that to succeed, and a lot of times, you know, we, we fail in that part, but that's the part that's important. Like, yeah. you know, Jesus didn't say, "Hey, come follow me." All right, let me teach you some preaching classes. No, he he's like, watch me love others, like live with me, watch me care for others, watch me weep in the garden. You know what I mean? Watch me. You know, literally in the middle of a storm, rest in a boat and literally have no fear of the things that are around me. You know, watch me get crucified. Like, watch me sacrifice. And a lot of times we do so well on the performance part and the talent and the gifting part, but we fail on the life-on-life part, and Jesus was actually stronger on that part.
1: Yeah, that's a good reminder, Andy. I think what I hear you saying is, you know, when you, when you let people in, it's important that they see in certain moments, the weight of leadership too. So they realize it's not all <laughs> these moments on stage under the lights in front of crowds. Like there's heaviness. Um, there's pain to leadership and letting yeah. them see that is important. It creates a realistic expectation. Um, but also something you said earlier was not just letting them know the decision you've made, but why you made the decision you made so they can begin to understand the way that a, a leader thinks. And then, um, The last thing I want to say, and then Jared's got a final question for you here, um, is just the idea of, um, you've mentioned several times, faithful, available, teachable, and I think the trap leaders fall into sometimes as they look for talented more than teachable. Um, And while talent matters and gift matters because it comes from God, I'd rather have someone who has less talent but is more teachable than someone who seems to be just oozing with gifts but has no won't be taught anything will not learn it's very yeah. hard for that person to be led and also ultimately if you can't be led it's hard um for you to lead so uh thanks for all of that those are powerful reminders to us and uh jared's got the most yeah. important question well, of the podcast
0: i mean talk about the weight of the weight of leadership um you know one of the weights on our leadership here at the multiply podcast is we're not only trying to make better leaders but also better eaters and, um, oh, let's go. And, you know, that's a passion. That's a passion of ours.
2: Yo, listen, your your boy and me, me and Candace, we're definitely foodies. We <laughs> we we go somewhere we want, like, what's local, what's good. All let's right. go. I'm ready for it. All this. right,
0: well, we'll see. We'll see based on the answer to, you, to this question. <laughs> oh, <All> gosh. Right. <laughs> Imagine David and I are flying into Springfield, and you can only take us to one meal – Money, don't worry about money Because David's buying One meal, where are you taking us What are we getting
2: Okay, right now Listen, There, one thing Oh, and, 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 very, and
0: forget Corona Imagine Corona's not an issue, right So if, uh, yeah, if, if there's yeah. a favorite place that was closed It's open
2: Okay, right now Listen, to pick one restaurant you, If you're flying in town I'm hoping that I can pick more than one and give you guys a tour, but if I have to pick one, right now I have to go with the phase that I'm in. All right, there's phases of certain foods that I crave, and in Springfield, there's this Vietnamese yeah. restaurant it's called Hung Yen, and dude, it is fire. I'm I'm telling you, I have, I'm I'm not making this up. Set up back to back, like one day and then the next day. One-on-ones or meetings That I have with people at this restaurant Literally I just ate there the day before I'm back and filled with the same amount of joy
0: Alright, well what what are we getting there?
2: I get There is two, number 18 It's this It's this dish that is It's legit, like so legit It has It has the blood cubes So And I like them but I would say the one to get is what I call the everything pho. I said, and I realized, I went to the restaurant, and I sat down, and I don't really, like, when I go to a new restaurant, I look at the menu, but I'm like, yo, what's your what's your dope dish, right? So obviously, in a Vietnamese restaurant, the fuzz are, is where to go. That, they got a few other dishes, but they are like, You know, I was like, obviously your pho. I was like, which pho you recommend? And, you know, she mentions a few. I was like, I'll take your everything pho. The pho that has everything in it. (laughs) Well, I realized that's what I called it. I'll sit down. I'll be like, everything pho. Well, literally months into me going to the restaurant, I realized that there's no such thing as an everything pho. They call it the special pho. (laughs) But they just, they're like, yeah. And it basically has like ribeye. It has... Uh, It has, I think, brisket. Tendons. It has um, tendons. has the meatballs. It has... Dude, it is... Oh, it is. It is on point. Right now, I'm craving it. Do
1: you eat the raw jalapenos in there? Do they they give you raw jalapenos? Yes, raw jalapenos.
2: Raw jalapenos. Yep. Man, the place is good.
1: Thai basil. Oh, and
2: there's there's also a great ramen place in town, uh, Karai. Oh, so good.
0: oh uh, we're seeing a theme here noodles. noodles noodles and broth yeah.
2: that yeah. one that one and of course that korean place me and dave already been in it <laughs> and we, we've had oh that place oh gosh oh my goodness there it's a go. uh, korean barbecue place oh so good
0: hey hope you're hungry everybody andy thanks so much for being with us um we're gonna have you back on uh again do another episode but we really appreciate you man and uh Look forward to having you back again and talking about um, creating disciples who live on mission. So thanks, everybody. This is the Multiply Podcast. We'll see you next time.